Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 214 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Firstly, as ever... Many thanks to our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to produce this podcast. There'll be a little message at the end of this episode if you'd like to um, find out any more details how you could support via our Patreon page. Well, the Ministry of Arts has now had confirmation from the wonderful Vestalia Chilton that we will again be partnering with the Kensington Chelsea Art Week where we will be talking to each and every one of the participating artists. It will be the third year we've done it and loved it every year. That will be happening very shortly. We've recently spoke to Ben Oakley of the Ben Oakley Gallery and the subsequent move of that said gallery. And although I think he said he's moved 72 feet or something like that, it's a move nonetheless. So Ben come on to tell us all about that and all that's changed and all that he has in store. But anyway, back to today's episode, episode 214. In this episode, I spoke to Charlie Hayden-Taylor. I came across Charlie's work some time ago on Instagram. He creates architectural paintings that are a mix of digital and physical media. And what caught my eye initially, they had that sort of dark, mysterious hopper feel, you know? So, as you do when you find something you're interested in, I looked through his feed, popped over to his website, read a little about him and, well, I wanted to know more. So, contacted him, invited him on. So, please, come and join me over Zoom as I spoke to Charlie Hayden-Smith, who luckily enough happened to be in Jersey when we spoke. Enjoy. There we go. How are we doing? Not bad. 
Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, you're more than welcome. I can't see you though. Hang on, here we go. How are you, man? You good? I'm very well. I'm very well. I'm um, I'm back in on the island of Jersey at the moment. Oh, nice. Um, which is where I'm where I'm originally from, um, helping curate a show over here. So, <clears throat> whereabouts is that going to be? So it's a, a gallery over here. So there's only there's only a couple of galleries, um, but there's one very good one, and I've got to know him over lockdown when I came back here. And um, so, yeah, I've just been helping sort of come up with a roster of artists and putting some of my own work in and, and yeah, I've been busy. And what are they? Artists, artists from Jersey? No, it's a mixture. So we're kind of trying to mix some secondary market and primary market stuff. So we've got yeah. some, you know, quite established artists. We've got some Julian OP prints and we've got uh, Ian Davenport, um, nice. Jason Martin, people like that. And then some hand-selected artists. I know that you know Enter Gallery quite well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so a few people from there. And yeah, I'm making it quite a fun sort of pop art show. Oh, good. Yeah, that's no, going to be great. And what's the art scene like on the island? It's conservative, historically. Yeah, um, of course. It, we always say it's about 10 years behind London. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to have a bit of an impact on bringing contemporary art more into the forefront which is what me and this art dealer that I'm working with are doing. And it's going well. I mean, because, I mean, there's a lot of quite wealthy people over here. And, um, you know, a lot of them have houses in New York and London. So they understand the art market. Yeah. Uh, they would typically tend to buy in those cities. So we're trying to bring those kind of people back and show them that, you know, we can we can work with some great, um, some great things and sell to great collectors. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. But okay. is there anything over there like, the sort of um, like an inter gallery because they're the ones for the mainstream that are just flourishing at the minute, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Well, no. So we've got um, there's a gallery called CCA Galleries who they their print studios called Cor Coriander Studios and okay. they do all the printing for Peter Blake. Um, I think they do Terry Frost. Um, there's quite a few names, and I know that Enter work quite closely with them because they sell a lot of Peter Blakes and things like yeah. that. So they have a small gallery over here um, and they tend to just do, do sort of their only their represented artists. Um, but then, yeah, the one I'm working with private and public galleries, it tends to be sort of, you know, fine art shows and changes sort of every every month and a and, um, bit of a different system. So they and what, is, what is the population on Jersey? It's about 120,000. Oh, so it's like a large it's a, it's town. Like a town. It's like a town, yeah. Um, and it's quite spread out. So we've got St. Helier, which is the main town. And then yeah. the other, what we call parishes, um, are basically sort of around and then, you know, beaches and, and, and whatnot. So, but it's only about uh, 12 miles by five miles or something like that. Nice. So I've ne never been, but it's, it's, it's been on my list to go to for years. You should do. I mean, easy to get to, you know, slightly hotter um, and good yeah. beaches. So yeah, it's a good it's a good place. Nice, and um, just to to start this podcast, I've got yeah. several questions that I ask each artist. Of course, yeah. And the first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that might not know your work? Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so a lot of my stuff focuses on interior architecture um, as a bit of a basis. Um, something I've always been interested in. Um, I, I originally studied design at Goldsmiths um, University, so I definitely have that kind of feel for design as well as art. So I think that's where the architectural kind of side of things plays yeah. in. Um, I'm also quite interested in psychology. So it's the idea of how we think and feel and behave in the privacy of our own homes. 
I say I say my work kind of falls into the category of pop art because um, I also like to throw in and collage in sort of different elements of everyday life, like objects and consumer products and things like that, almost as a way to tell a sort of narrative. Um, and then I've got artists that I, I I'm inspired by, like Edward Hopper. Um, oh yeah, you can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Who sort of you know that idea of isolation? I guess I think um, there's a bit of that which ties in from me being from Jersey, but living in London and sort of going from a very small place to a very busy place. Where and in London like, are you based? I'm South London, so I'm around um, Stockwell is where my yeah, street nice. is. Yeah, um, but I found it, always found it quite a weird sort of paradox of it being, you know, you feel almost more lonely the busier the city you live yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a funny one. So I think there's that kind of feeling in my work, um, which I think Edward Hopper was, was most notably famous for. Yeah. Um, but I've just kind of played that in a more contemporary fashion. You know, things like technology has contributed to that even more so now and like to tie in that a bit as well. So, yeah, that's that's how I would explain it. Yeah, yeah when, I, when I was looking at your work, I mean, I should say that we got chatting on on the socials and, and that's yeah. how this this come about there. But when I was looking at your work on there, it was hard where to, like, to, to, to put a hat on you, if you like. You yeah, know. I guess so. Yeah, and I think... Because my career has kind of taken off in the last sort of three, four years, um, the work that I was making four years ago, you can see it's similar to my work now, but it's also very different at the same time. I mean, yeah. before it was a lot brighter palettes. I had figures that I was collaging into the pieces um, and I was going sort of approaching things from a more political and social um, theme, whereas now they're a lot more personal. Um, I don't put figures in because I like people to kind of put themselves in the pieces I guess yeah and it's less lonely if there's someone else there isn't it yeah exactly I guess if there's more than one um but I almost went from the perspective of you know don't put anyone in allow the viewer to kind of picture themselves in that scenario yeah and I guess that's where the feeling comes from although you're using many warm colors it was the starkness and the coldness that did sort of attract me into your work it's very yeah. linear and angled and yeah and like you say it's quite lonely and architectural Exactly. And it's, yeah, I think, and when you think about it from an architectural perspective, you know, where you've got old sort of Renaissance buildings that used to be sort of very ornate and busy, but I think, you know, with, with homes now, very modern architecture, they can be quite cold. Um, and yeah. I think my interest in that plays into the isolation theme a bit more of sort of emptiness and, and with the way I paint, which tends to be quite flat block colours, um, you get that feeling of that kind of modern architecture anyway, and, and it kind of complements it. Yeah, well, I've recently done a podcast with Alice Mara, a ceramicist, who okay. um, she made from clay people's houses. Like they would send photographs of her houses and she would model them in clay and yeah, so just sure. a slab built structure. Um, but that's what she was saying. It's easy for her to do like a Georgian house or something with a lot of character. Yeah. But with the new modern, almost linear type houses she finds it hard to find a bit of personality in them and I think there's something to be said for sort of emptiness and minimalism you know uh, being in that realm of sort of isolation and you know I always think if you look at what like work by Mark Rothko for example you mm. know you can see people and you can go there and you stand in front of one and it's very emotional and you see people crying and and but you know they're very minimal and basic and I always think that kind of devoid of too much going on can actually be yeah. a bit more of a powerful, uh, powerful makes, makes the viewer add the information in their I mind, think, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that's the approach that I, I go to with the kind of no figures now, um, you know, in that same sort of way. Well, you mentioned about the art scene 
on Jersey, which is, I presume, where you grew up? Yeah. And so was there art in the home growing up? Yeah, so typically, that's a good question, because actually my my parents, um, which is where I'm, I'm staying at the moment while I'm working on this show, but they have typically collected um, more re uh, well, Renaissance, but sort of Impressionist, um, French Impressionism, um, a lot of Jersey artists from the sort of 1800s, quite a bit of an older style basically but yeah. since I've been doing what I'm doing sort of full time and been working here a bit it's had an influence on their collection oh nice so, nice you know, they've, they've started collecting more contemporary art which is which has been great um and you know not picking up sort of quite not you know big names but prints of and not you know incredibly things. but you know recently they're quite a Tracy Emin um post signed poster you know which was really yeah, cool yeah. a light neon series um we have a picasso etching which is very interesting um so yeah it's exciting for me to kind of come home and see them actually being interested <laughs> in it and go, oh, look what i found look what we got they got this deal yeah. and everything and amazing yeah so it's been a lot of fun kind of getting them into that brilliant so when was it you realized that you wanted to use art as a career yeah um well it, i went full-time over lockdown uh, oh, well, yeah. So, well, basically, so I, like I said before, I was at Goldsmiths University and I did design. I always wanted to be an artist, but I did, I knew that the commercial side of being a designer was, you know, where a bit more money. Safer, would be. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it was like, yeah, my parents would say, you know, you're going off to uni and, and being an artist is great, but you've got to make a career of it and that might be difficult. And so I worked, I worked as a graphic designer for a year out of um, university. Uh, worked for a, a financial um, company as their brand designer. It was weird though, because I mean, I was in a suit every day and <laughs> not like what I'm like now. It's hilarious. Yeah. But I did that. And then I was always making work part time um, in my free time and stuff. And how long ago was it when you left uni? Uh, 2018. Oh, fucking hell. Okay. Yeah, it's about five years ago. Yeah. So I did that, did that for a year. And then I came back to Jersey when lockdown hit. So I, I was renting a flat and there was a bit of a um, few issues about renting and, and worries about that. So I came back and approached this gallery over here. And um, he said, I'm actually doing a show that's coming up and I think your work would suit it. And he put me alongside a David Hockney. Nice. Um, and, and, you know, there's me, you know, having not been in a show before going, oh, my God. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I say it's not a bad place to start, is it? Not a bad place. So, yeah, I remember there was a Banksy on one side and a David Hockney on the other. And... It's hard to go up from there, isn't it? A, a little bit, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, that was a great start. And then I think other galleries picked up on that and thought that was interesting. And, and I managed to go full-time from there on. So it's, it was you and your two mates? It was me and my two mates. <laughs> were, yeah. yeah, not Matt. I don't know Banksy. <laughs> and and when, was, when was that during the first lockdown or just during... That was first lockdown because we were quite a bit luckier here that things weren't as strict. Yeah. I mean, there were still policies in place and things, but I remember when it was really severe in, in London, um, for instance, here we could still see people and you could have events for under 10 people, um, up to 10 people. Yeah, so it was, it was we were lucky that we could drag that one out a bit and that show was coincided with that. So we were lucky to get it on. Oh, nice. Yeah. And... Which piece do you think that you've created has got the strongest emotional connection? It's a good point. I mean, I mean, so typically all my pieces either focus on nighttime or early morning, which is when I find the kind of the most stillness. I like the idea of the morning pieces when no one else is awake. You know, the idea that 
you know, not or, or, or vice versa, being nocturnal and in the evenings when everyone else is asleep. And yeah. there's this quite, kind of quietness to the world, I guess. But I know I created a piece recently that was titled In the Morning Stillness, um, early, very early morning piece of sun rising. And I just feel that probably captured the essence of uh, how I was feeling at the time best and the kind of quietness of the early morning. And because sometimes, it, you know, it's a similar theme throughout the work, but sometimes you feel like you capture it better in other pieces than. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, so, no, I think that's probably my favorite piece I've created. And that was the the second last piece that I, I created. So, um, but no, I think that, that would be the one. And the subject that you've got, where did that subject come from? Was it because of the graphic design that you was doing previously? I think so. I think that definitely had a massive impact. Because um, I mean, so I didn't mention before, but my pieces are mixed media. So they combine digital collage with um, painting. You say digital collage. Is your canv Does your canvas already have the digital images on it? Or do you place the images on a digital images onto your painted canvas? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I want my pieces to be as graphic and as clean as possible. So I found a company and I'm, I'm not sure there's many other places that do it to the standard that I've got it. But um, I basically what I do is I will use Photoshop to collage um, the elements, it, you know, all the, all the elements that I want to add into the piece. Um, it means I can also choose my color palette before I start painting. Yeah. And then what I do is I, I keep in the elements that are going to stay to be on canvas. And then I turn the cam the rest of the canvas white, print onto the canvas the elements that I've left over, and then I paint in to create the interior nice. around nice. it. So yeah, it's, it's not it's not hand-cut scalpel stuck on, just because I want it to be as clean as possible. You can you can see that line there. You could see it was, or at least elements of it were were printed on, or I presume they were, otherwise you had a very steady hand. Otherwise, uh, yeah, for, yeah, either I'm the best realist painter you've ever seen, or, uh, yeah, yeah, it's digital collage, but yeah, it's the latter, unfortunately. But um... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I didn't know if you was creating the graphic image first and then painting that because there was the very first episode I've done on this podcast was um, an artist called Dougie Fields, who okay. was one of the earliest artists to start creating images on the screen and then painting those images, like transferring them onto the canvas. Okay, yeah. And um, yeah, he was doing that in like the, the sort of mid to late 80s. But his were very flat, bold colours, whereas, okay. you know, yours have a, a bit more form and life to the images itself he sounds great what's his name i might note that down. dougie fields he, he, he fields. passed away during lockdown 
Oh, really? But, um, he, he referred to himself as a maximalist because everything about him was just bright and colour. And Yeah, that's yeah, nice. If you was to take him and place him within his artwork, he would just blend in like oh, fucking camouflage, you know. Nice, yeah. He was, he was great stuff. Did you know that, sorry, my art story started in prison? I did know that, so yeah. He was the first artist that ever wrote to me. Amazing, yeah. So, Charlie, if there was you and five other artists past and present what do you think your ideal group show would be Ooh. although you've already had hockney one side and banksy <laughs> the other so well wow. <laughs> so would this be would this be would this have to make curatorial sense or okay none whatsoever um well edward hopper is one of my favorite artists of, of course we've mentioned him i think i'd have to throw him in there um jean michel basquiat is another another favorite of mine i'm sure a lot of people would say that especially my generation um but i think he's he's such an amazing talent um yeah that neo-expressionist style was just was just brilliant um and then i also got to meet one of my artistic heroes last year actually um artist called michael craig martin oh wow yeah yeah so i went to his um most recent show at christa roberts gallery and he was there and i got to talk to him for a while and um he wanted to see my work and everything and I think my work, I think, I think he liked it, which is good. But, you know, we, we have that fairly similar sort of pop minimalist style, I guess. I guess mine's more interiors and things. But he has a real focus on sort of uh, common objects. And I think there definitely was a time with that. So, yeah, that was brilliant. So he'd be my third. Um, Richard Hamilton, another one, the king of British pop art, I always say. Yes. Um, doesn't get enough credit for it. But, yeah, his, um, his collage... What is it that makes home so appealing? It's that long title, yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. one of the most influential works from pop art. Um, and I think you could see that influence in my earlier work when I had the black and white figures collaged in. Um, people used to say, oh, it reminds me of Richard Hamilton and things like that. So I think he had a massive influence on my work in the beginning. And another one I'd go for, I would say René Magritte. Uh, yeah, cool. Surrealist, yeah. He almost has that kind of slightly graphic nature of painting he almost feels like he's photoshopped or come up with the ideas on photoshop yeah, I mean, I agree. In, in the time, I agree. the time that he was working which i think is just shows how an incredible how incredible he was so yeah. i'm going to settle on those five yeah that's, yeah that's not a bad five and how do you come up with the environments that you create so it's a lot of research um into kind of visual um different you know styles of architecture I've massively studied modernist architecture, you know, Le Corbusier, um, Mies van der Rohe. Um, so I, I tend to kind of find a lot of different interiors that I like. And I will, instead of drawing, I take a lot of, um, I print off a lot of uh, different interiors and I'll have them sort of stuck around my studio. And I like to just draw sort of circles around elements that I like. So yeah, yeah. they're fictitious spaces that I'm creating, but they're formed. So it's almost like you're, you're like, creating yeah. a, sorry to talk over you there. So it's almost like you're creating your own mood board, if you like, and, and your own design comes in at the end. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly like that. So, you know, then I'll draw a sketch of, of the final thing that I think kind of makes sense. But it's complicated because you can add in all different elements that you like visually, but the perspective's got to be right. So you've got to be able to, you know, if there's a certain um, facade that I like or um, window frame that I like, you know, you've got to be able to tie them in so that the perspectives make yeah, sense. Otherwise, it completely throws off your perspective. So, um, 
yeah so that, that that tends to be how i kind of originally start creating these spaces yeah so because i've not seen one of your artworks in person percentage wise what's the ratio of paint versus digital image i think it depends on the piece but i would say generally um probably about 70 percent painting 30 percent digital nice um good i mean yeah, I always tend to use a lot of those scenes are sort of um, in the backgrounds of through windows. So there'll be a sort of a cityscape through the window in the background, for example. And sometimes that will be a big portion of the piece because it might be a sort of a closer view of something like a table yeah. with the background of a window. So, I mean, it, again, it, it probably varies from about 50-50 to about 70-30 um, to painting, I would say. Do you find any difficulty in being away from your studio? and being back home in Jersey? Yeah, I think so. Um, like here, I set up a studio here at home, which was, a, which was our attic, which we weren't using, but all of my pieces now are pretty large scale. I mean, the, the smallest works that I do are about 130 centimeters yeah. uh, tall. So I can't fit those up into that attic studio though. <laughs> so I'm, I'm making a painting now for this upcoming show here um, and I'm in the garage. So I'm in the sort of freezing cold garage, but you know, it has to you have to just get on with it oh, but of course. I, I do miss the space that i've created in london just because it is you know it becomes a part of your personality an extended version and you kind of just feel comfortable there so yeah, yeah well, i presume that. jersey is similar to um the isle of wight insofar as the young people from the island want to come to the mainland i don't know whether they want to experience it or at least work on the mainland and then a lot of them tend to sort of drift back later on in life to well, to enjoy the island life you know get away from London or what have you is yeah, the same definitely. thing happen over Jersey yeah massively yeah I'd say so and especially talking specifically about the creative fields um you know there's not really any art schools over here or anything like that so you know talented creatives want to go off to the top London art schools you know get a taste for city life and and settle in and meet interesting people I think yeah because there's all of that um it's a big finance center here so you see a lot of people who are working in that world staying, but creatives, yeah, they want to go and go and experience things in, in big cities and, you know, and then fair play to them. But yeah, you see a lot of people wanting to come back later on in life and kind of retire. But, you know, there's, there are advantages to living here, which I'm sure you know about with the of course. And, thing, and things like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, if you're not born in Jersey, it's incredibly hard to come and live here. Yeah. So, you know, it is it is a real privilege that later in life you you can come back here and, and and settle down and live by the beach and you know so there is there is you can see why people do it for sure yeah and as a creative is the mindset different being in a fast paced city and a slower paced island life I think so and I think because like we touched on before the themes of my pieces tend to be about you know the nature of living in a in a major city and and yeah. feeling isolated and um. I think when I'm back here, I create different, not different work completely, but there might be a different, different, different feel. Different feel, yeah. Yeah, Because, I, so. I mean, you've seen over the last 10 years or so, the, the creatives in the big cities, or at least, I'm, you know, I come from the London area, so I am really only speaking about London here, mm. but the creatives have been sort of pushed out of, of London and they're sort of heading, from, from my part, they're heading sort of like South East and South, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the, the world's a smaller place now, so um, living a, a, a two-hour commute isn't too bad, just like, um, I don't know how long it takes to fly from Jersey to London, but um, I would have thought it's probably just as long as, 
as um, travelling in from Brighton, possibly, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a 30-minute flight, so you can do two hours door-to-door um, yeah. pretty easily. But, I mean, yeah, London's fucking expensive. I mean, it's just, you know... And that's, that's from someone living on Jersey. Yeah, but they, <laughs> but, oh, I mean, Jersey's, Jersey's probably even worse. I mean, yeah. yeah. Crazy, it's a but, different entity, isn't it? It's a different entity. Uh, house prices and stuff are just astronomical, but but no London for creatives and stuff. You know, everyone finds it expensive. I was I was lucky in the studios that I was in before the ones I'm in in Stockwell now um, was in Chancery Lane, Holborn. So oh, really wow. central. Yeah, it was a guardianship, so it was with a charity. So there was about a hundred artists in the whole of the building, but it's essentially an old office building. Yeah, they'll take over on a guardianship, which means it's cheap rent. And you can be central, so it's brilliant. But the only problem was is that developers come along and they go, "Oh, I want to buy that that building to to do up," and um, so you will have to leave. So that kind yeah. of what happened. yeah. And unfortunately, that's what's happening everywhere. Yeah. And the thing is, the like like Margate, the the artists will go there, and then soon after, once the coffee shops follow them, yeah. and the the delis, then the um, graphic designers, then the estate agents, and then they're moving on again, aren't they? A decade or so later. Exactly. Yeah, and I think Margate's a pretty good example of that at the moment. Everyone's kind of flocking there. Um, yeah. It seems to become a bit of a hub because Tracy Emmons' new art school and her studios that she set up there, and um, it's great to see. It's great to see. And where would your ideal place be to to have a studio? In London or just generally? Just generally. Anywhere. Um, I do love London, but I'd love to be in New York for a bit. Um, I know how difficult that is. Uh, oh, as it happens, now you've said that, your your work would be perfect over there, wouldn't it? I think so. I think, again, it's another major city, so I think, and I think even more so than London, places like Manhattan feel that kind of hustle and bustle busyness, but feeling quite isolated in a small flat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, there's definitely a big feeling of that. Especially um, with that Edward Hopper feel, because they are so proud of of Hopper over there, aren't they, you know? They are massively, yeah. So I think that's a subject that would resonate quite well with them, yeah. And what do you think you'd like to do if you wasn't an artist? Ooh, that's a tricky one for artists to answer, you know, because it's it really does become your life. Um, well, I mean, I guess it would have been going back to the graphic design route. Um, I mean, I'd still have to be creative, I think, anyone who's an artist, you know, being creative, you have to be creative in your job. You know, it's, it, it, it's almost essential to be happy, really. But um, other than that, I'd be a footballer. Love football. So I guess, Perfect, yeah. yeah, I think I think I'd go down that route if I could. But uh, growing up, you know, it was it was artist and footballer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd love to be a rock star, but I can't sing to save my life. <laughs> uh, that doesn't really work. <laughs> Brilliant. And just give us a little summary again, Charlie, about the exhibition you've got going on over there, when it is, where it is and what have you. Sure, absolutely. So it's going to be taking place from the 24th of March um, for about five weeks to the beginning of May. Um, we are showing, I think there's probably about 30 artists, um, including the secondary market ones like Ian Davenport. Um, I think we've got some stuff by Damien Hurst. Um, yeah, some pretty big names, which is great to have on board. But yeah, all in all, about 30 artists and about 70 works probably in a salon hang. Nice. So it would be like, you know, like enter and, and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. I think we're going to do bright coloured walls, a bit like the um, Royal Academy summer show, you know, coming into spring, make people feel happy, bright works. 
and yeah on for about five weeks and preview taking place on the 24th of march so it should be a lot of fun excellent and i think it's probably about seven or eight actually maybe even more i'd say up to about 10 or 10 or 12 um primary artists so a lot of emerging artists artists that i know who are whose work i thought would fit perfectly we've got um artists like charlotte rose who works closely with enter who's brilliant i've recorded with her a couple of weeks ago she's coming out in about two weeks or something okay brilliant yeah she's talented and doing very well with enter her and poppy fawn are the two um enter artists that i've got on board actually as well as benjamin thomas taylor i don't know if you know him i don't no, he's brilliant. Um, I met him when we did a show together, actually, at Enter, a sort of um, art yard sale, which was fun. And he's known for creating the Paolo Natini Caustic Love album cover. Very okay. famous album when it came out about 15 years ago, probably. But um, yeah, so he's he's very talented. We've got the Cameron Twins, who do... I only found those a little while ago via... I don't know who that was via, but... Yeah, I saw them a little while ago. Oh, via um, Ream Gallery. Ream, yeah, no, exactly. They did a show there, and that's how I discovered them as well. Got you. Um, and they, they do these brilliant um, screen print, pop art, uh, very neon colours. I think it's almost perfect for that kind of show. Um, so we're excited to have them on board. And yeah, it's going to be it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. It's been fun doing curation. I, I, I created my first show last year, um, which was in London. Um, we hired a space at the Fitzrovia Gallery in nice. Fitzrovia and had about six or seven artists, in, including myself. And I just loved it, you know, making the art and, you know, getting to work closely and choose artworks. Yeah. Complement one another is it's great. Did you find it difficult, challenging? Um, it's always challenging because um, I was working closely with the gallery director over here. I sent a load of stuff of being like, I think this could be a perfect fit for the show and, and, you know, he might have other thoughts about certain things here. He'll go, brilliant, brilliant. No, that doesn't really work. And it creates a dialogue because you go, oh, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Actually, maybe we were, because initially we were looking at generally sort of quite graphic artwork as a broad theme. And we've narrowed it down a bit more to sort of graphic pop with fig- more figurative stuff, I guess. So yeah. we had a few artists that I liked that I pitched who did more sort of graphic um, abstract shapes. Um, which didn't really end up fitting the theme very well. So yeah, it, it's it's good working along another, one another and kind of bouncing those ideas from, from one to each other, yeah. Nice. And what's the title of the show? Um, it's a working title at the moment, but we're going for Blurred Lines, um, oh, yeah. almost like an antithesis to the clean straight lines that will be shown. Of course, of course, yeah. And the blurred aspect sort of working through genres from, you know, op art, pop art, kind of almost blending into kind of similar dialogues i guess that you can have between the two you know you can hang a, a bridget riley um dot painting next to a damien her spot painting you know yeah 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 and, yeah. and it kind of it, it the blurred lines between you know those kind of things trickling into one another so yeah it's 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 going to be it's going to be fun trying to merge and hang everything in the right way so good sounds exciting yeah and other than that is there anything else you've got coming up yeah, so it's been it's been a really busy time. So um, I've just taken on representation in South Korea, nice. which is great. Um, the Asian market I've found the last couple of years has been my work's been really popular there. Um, and yeah, South Korea was was one Seoul specifically is and somewhere I've been. If I could just be nosy, how did that come about finding a market in South Korea? Yeah, it's interesting. So, well, I've got a show coming up with a gallery called 42 Art Space in Beijing. And I think 
the South Korean gallery might have seen something through there about my work and thought, oh, well, that would fit, you know, my, my clients taste nice. perfectly. So they got in touch over Instagram, which is, it's, it's just such a great tool. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of the things actually come through that and, you know, they'll get in touch over email. They might have seen your website, but the initial contact I think tends to be Instagram. Cool. Um, so yeah, maybe through that. And I've done some stuff in Singapore. Um, so yeah, working my way through Asia, basically trying to kind of <laughs> yeah, make roots in every Asian city that I can find. Circumnavigating. Absolutely. So yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I think the market suits my work quite well. Bright, colourful, like like the artists we mentioned before that are absolutely adored in Asia. Julian O.P., Michael Craig Martin. It's it's that, you know, Dougie Phillips, I'm sure, was probably quite popular there as well. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was. When I come about him, which was mid-90s, he had several years before he had previously flourished in the Japanese market oh there you go yeah yeah I'm not surprised by that so yeah that, that's been a real focus of mine and it's 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 come to fruition I think quite well recently so yeah I'm excited about this representation they've already sold a few pieces of mine within three days of representation so nice we're, we're, I'm, I'm excited for, for what's to come and um, and this show in Beijing will be great as well so hoping to fly out there if possible but who knows we'll see <laughs> wow good on you and where can anybody find you be it social media or website yep so i'm on instagram charlie ht art is my instagram handle got my website which is just charliehadentaylor.com um all on there and then yep my south korean gallery which is uh choicey young gallery and then you can find me in various places like um, for my prints, which is Enter Gallery, Art Republic and uh, Addicted Gallery in Singapore for the Asian. So, yeah, I'm, I'm around. Yeah. Well, that's all my questions asked, Charlie. That's brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. It's been great chatting. Cheers. See you later on, mate. Take care. Ciao. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. So we wasn't dictated to by advertisers, we decided from the offset to go ad-free, which means obviously we had to self-fund. So we set up the Ministry of Arts Patreon page. And without that support, we would not be able to produce this podcast. So if you like what you hear and you're able to support the podcast, just go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box, which will direct you straight to our Patreon page. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help keep us growing week by week. But if you're not able to do that, that's fine because this content is free for everyone. But leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to your podcast, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. Or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Everything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, sad art.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.